Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 210 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. It's a bonus, a little cheeky Friday bonus. Who would have thought? Um, this is my apology for us recording an unreleasable drunk cast because it was too offensive to release. So I thought I'd give you a bonus on Friday. I'll give you the ask pip that a lot of people have been asking when it's coming out because a lot of you submitted questions. I recorded this, oh, a month and a half ago? A month ago? Probably a month and a half ago. Yeah, at least a month and a half ago. On a cliff in Portugal. I explain all that in the uh, in the podcast. Can't remember anything I discuss. So because I've recorded it, I've, I've, I've sounded it for a bit. But I know I was pleased with it. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So, yeah, I hope you do. I should mention, obviously, I recorded this up a cliff in Portugal. Um, the weather was bright and sunny. No, it had been. It was just starting to rain, actually. But, in fact, it, it, it rained the whole week I was out there. But the weather's bright and sunny in the UK of late. So it was a good time to head over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com, get yourself some sunglasses, some sw- swimming shorts, a swimsuit, um, all sorts of cool stuff, a vest. Loads of summer stuff over there at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet because it's a bonus episode anyway, you lucky buggers. I need to reiterate, I know I mentioned it on Wednesday, um, really important podcast next week that I would appreciate if you made time for. I know that sometimes if it's not a big celebrity name, it's easy to skip over these things. I know there's a lot of other podcasts to choose from, but... You know, Adam Buxton's on a bit of a break for this this the summer, so you, there should be some gaps in your schedule a little bit. So hopefully you'll be all, all be able to listen to that. It's with Natalie Clapshaw from a charity called Headway, and I went down there and had a tour of their facility, and I just I love what they're doing. I think it's a really important cause. Um, it's people who have had a traumatic head injury, and it kind of becomes an in- you know another invisible disease because there can be changes that are completely you know irreversible and really hard to 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 live with and cope with but you know they're invisible so it's really hard to get the proper support the proper understanding that we talk about support and assistance for friends and family so it's a really it's it's genuinely engaging and interesting, so I hope you'll check that out. But for now, let's get into Ask Pip, episode 210 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. Little Friday bonus! Hi guys, how's it going? I am sitting, well you might be able to hear some seagulls there and some waves. I'm sitting on a uh, a cliff essentially, in a quite remote point in Portugal. Um, I'm looking on my, my, my map now, I'm between a beach called Pin... Pinhao, P-I-N-H-A-O, and Priya Donna Anna, P-R-A-I-A-D-O-N-A-A-N-A. 
So I'm kind of sat in between the two. I'm looking out at the sea, at one of the oceans, who knows? I don't know geography. Recording this a good few weeks after it'll go out, but I've taken myself away on a a writing escape to get some scripts I've been thinking about for a while, kind of started or down on paper. In the UK I was struggling because of the distractions of the cinema uh, Netflix and Sky TV so I've come out here and all I've brought with me is some books um, a a Melville box set Jean-Pierre Melville is it? can't remember because I've been wanting to catch some of his amazing filmmaking as inspiration so um, yeah I've come on my own I'm out here for five or six days not really speaking to any humans um, the place I'm staying I can't get takeaways or anything so I'm eating at a restaurant each night but I'm sitting there on my own reading a book like a weirdo and uh, and yeah having a lovely time but I thought while I was here because basically yeah um, this year so far as you will know I've been going crazy on the podcasts I've also had a lot of really great auditions, which is exciting. But I've also talked many times to you guys. And the podcast is quite a good thing because it's one of the things that kind of it holds me accountable and keeps me in check. If I preach things, I've kind of got to live by them because they're on record and tens of thousands of people have heard me claim them. But yeah, I'm a big, big believer in um, in having a lot of luck but also not riding that and trying to make your own luck. So whilst I'm getting a lot of great auditions and some great film roles, Kill Ben Like is coming out soon, I also want to write some. And again, quite, you know, arrogantly write myself into it, but that's kind of the point. It's making... If you're going in for auditions and you feel you're not being up for or even finding the existence of the roles that you want, then create them yourself and see if you can make that a reality so that's what i'm trying to do out here but while i'm out here i thought i'd keep myself sane by doing an ask ask pip episode because you know i go a bit mental if i've not recorded a podcast i've I've been recording a ton of late but on this little week away remote from all other humans i thought i'd uh i'd sit up on a rock get myself out of the apartment, sit up on a rock and talk into this this microphone that's got, as I've mentioned before, oh, when I do these remotely, um, I've got a thing I put on it that is essentially, it looks like troll's hair. You know, troll toys, troll dolls. It's that, it's that hair and it's really good for stopping the winds. As hopefully this will sound okay. If anyone walks past, I will look absolutely mental. But anyway, this is the first time, I'll, every time I do these ask pips i generally i like them i like the questions i click like i put them on facebook i click like on the ones i want to answer and then i go back through and answer them because i wanted to be remote and off social media i've not even looked at these so before i left the apartment while i was on the wi-fi i just screenshotted every question Um, i'll answer as many as i can if i skip some if i read your question and then decide i don't want to answer it don't be offended. Um, it's just a really sh- shit question and you're a bad human. 
Um, so yeah, let's start right at the top. Angela Falco, are your words have saved lives. God, this is this is a big start, isn't it? Are you aware of this? And could you ever imagine how many people like me are you convinced that it will get better? Um, that's lovely to say. It's weird because I I am kind of aware of it. Um, for for those who don't particularly know my my music on my first album or the first album with Dan Lassac, I wrote a track that talked about self harm and suicide, and um, it's quite heavy. And I've always kind of gone on those heavier s- subjects. On the second album with Dan, uh, we had a song about domestic violence called F- Five Minutes. Uh, the the, the self harm and suicide one was called Magician's Assistant. Um, on my first solo record and on the one with Dan, I had a song called Angles, which again was about suicide. But um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of heavy subjects. So I'm aware that I have to I I keep an extra eye out on on social media um, to try and make sure I at least respond because um, I do get a, f- a surprising amount of messages from people who those songs have connected with and reached out to. So yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit now, and it's at this point that we start straight on heavy stuff, and a whole group of people have just walked past, and that was weird. Uh, Paul Walker, continuing in the same vein as Angela Falco's question, you've definitely done me a solid when I've been low in the past with some sage words of comfort and advice. Have you considered fronting a campaign for mental health charity? Not just what you say, but the way you deliver a word is powerful. Again, appreciate that. Is, this is now going to be awkward because normally I'll avoid the ones if there's a lot of praise. But as I've said, I've not actually um, edited these or anything. So, yeah, that's lovely. Um, I've worked, I do bits every now and then with Samaritans. I've worked with Calm for at least 10 years now. So, um, yeah, I do a lot of bits here and there. So, yeah, um, it's an interesting one. I think equally it's important. Uh, one of the things I like about the podcast is mental health comes up an awful lot um people often ask if i'll do a special on mental health i don't think there's any need to particularly because it comes up so regularly and i think that can be important in itself because it just shows that it doesn't have to be a special it's like mental health is part of day-to-day life of so many people the issues and struggles and problems so even without it being here's what we're going to focus on it's it's part of it if you listen to the Eddie Temple Morris episode, the Gail Porter episode, the Tom Robinson episode, the Jeff Lloyd episode, the Ian Lee episode, the Limmy episode, all of these have huge amounts of focus on on mental health. Uh, the Ashley B episode, there's loads. So yeah, cheers. I've just realised I've not, not put any sun lotion on and it's it's been r- raining the last few days, you see. And that's fine because I'm just here to work So and I'm not much of a beach person anyway, but the sun's out today. I might get burnt, but never mind. Um, Thomas Lemon, what is the song that, regardless of the mood you were in or place you are at, always makes you smile and gets you nodding your head slash tapping your feet? For for reference, mine is shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. Um, It's a tough one because at the moment, for the last year or two, really, I've not listened to an awful lot of music. Traditionally, me and my mate Stu... And Tom and my and my crew and and Chris of the Redshift and Hardcore Listing Posse. When we were on a night out, it was always known that if anything 
by Rancid came on, but specifically Time Bomb by Rancid because that was the only one that ever got played in clubs. I'd always be uh, uplifted and excited by that. So yeah, I guess that. R- Ross Moore, you previously said that rap isn't an old man's game. Are there any rappers you think are guilty of refusing to change as they age? I would suggest Eminem. Lyrically, still one of the best out there, but I cringe when he still acts like rap, still acts slash raps like a 20 something. No, no, none particularly spring to mind. I say rapping isn't an old man's game, it is an old man's game f- for me. There's loads. Big Daddy Kane still gets out there and raps. It's amazing. Ferro Monch is older than me and he's one of the greatest of all time and he's still doing it and still one of the best live performers and all sorts. So I'm not hating in any way. Um, Eminem. He's a slight annoyance of, of, for me, but it's nothing to do with his age. Um, I think he is one of the most naturally talented and gifted, but I just haven't, I guess I haven't enjoyed any of his music for a long while now. So regardless of you saying he's still lyrically one of the best, but um, being still, still still acting as if he's in his 20s, I don't know. I haven't heard anything that blows me away too much. R- Rap God was great. I guess he annoys me that he still lyrically acts like it's the 90s and it's acceptable to use terms like faggot casually as an insult. I don't find that particularly inspiring or motivating. But that's therein lies the annoyance. He's I rate him as one of, if not the most talented of all time. So again, it's a, it's a weird juxtaposition there. Julie von Poopmeister, have you ever found yourself in a place mentally where you haven't been out to write or you've lost confidence for a significant amount of time? Second to that, whether it's happened or not, how long do you think you can comfortably go without that particular creative outlet? I switch and change, you see. I'm lucky there. Um, I've not written any raps in, what, three years? Probably four years, I guess, if the last album came out three years ago I probably wrote it four years ago I write bits here and there I spent a while trying to force it and then I just started writing other stuff um I jumped into a novel that I've you know I got quite deep into I got to an end point and it's not quite long enough and it feels weird and awkward but I jumped into some scripts I'm writing so yeah I guess it's just writer's block I'm not a big big believer in, in writer's block i think sometimes you just don't feel like writing i've been out here t- two days so far um i've not written anything but i'm okay with that if i've not been inspired to write i'll watch some films that i'm gonna learn from and improve myself from whether that be on the acting side of things or the writing the structure side of things um i'm reading i'm, g- I'm generally doing stuff that will help me in the long run so yeah I don't beat myself up over it too much I've not told too many people I'm coming out on a writing escape because one of the annoyances then is people will be how's it going have you got much much written and if I come out here for five days and don't get anything written then that's absolutely fine I wrote a script a little while ago that is in development and I had a writing a, a retreat and it was only I could only get th- three or four days spare and I got about two pages written and that was it. And I beat myself up over it. And then I got home and I wrote the whole script in a day. And that was an illustration, a day or two. And that was an illustration of his, you know, whilst I wasn't getting physically writing done, my mind was getting in the right place. My mind was, was getting in that world. And um, yeah, 
preparing for what is is to come. So yeah, I, I try to not put too much pressure on it. I guess it took me a while to start saying that I may n- never do another album. So I guess that's a period of acceptance. But yeah, anyway. Dave Rogers, if you could have a dream fight of your choosing, what would it be? Don't need to be people and you don't necessarily need to be involved. Um, I don't know, I've not really got a dream fight of my choosing. I would have liked to have seen Tony Ferguson v Khabib. There's a lot of fights in MMA I'd like to see. I'd now like to see Max Holloway versus Khabib. Um, I'd like to see Max Holloway v Tony Ferguson. I'd like to see TJ versus DJ. But I understand if DJ thinks TJ should fight at that weight class once first. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like I like MMA in general. So there's a lot of fights I just enjoy seeing. I'd like to see CM Punk against Mayweather. I know Rogan has talked about that. I was talk- I've had that in mind for ages now. So I was delighted when Rogan and... Uh, Sharp were talking about that because I'd love to see that because it makes some sense just as a bit of fun um, Paul Morris if you were asked to curate a music and comedy festival what five bands and comedians would you put on current or chance of reforming um, comedians I'd go for James A. Caster Anthony Jeselnik Brian Gittins Brett Goldstein Sling, sling that prick on the lineup, and oh, that's all men, isn't it? There, um, I, maybe Sarah Pascoe because she's fantastic. Um, bands, I don't know. I said I'm not listening to tons of music at the moment. I'd definitely, I mean, I'd just pick POS, Sage Francis, and, and B Dolan because I happen to be a big fan of them, but also they're good mates and I miss them. So I'd pick them three just for selfish reasons. I want to hang out with my boys. Um, at the drive-in. Because it'd be good to see Cedric as well. And let's go Rancid, as I mentioned him earlier. There we go. That's a good that's a good line-up, isn't it? Matthew Hawkins. What title belt are you holding in that pick on Twitter? How long did you hold it for? And why don't you introduce yourself as the belt holder for that period of time on all correspondence? I don't know what you're talking about there what what title belt am I holding on Twitter no I don't know on Twitter my profile picture is just the speech development thing in the background no I've no idea what you're talking about there mate I posted a picture about two three years ago of me at a UFC event holding one of the UFC belts if that's it but that's from a year or two ago so that's a really weird to refer to it as that pick on Twitter like the pick, like that pick, you know the pick. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really get that. Um, Ross Armstrong, I think you may have kind of answered it before. Well, that is incredibly offensive because I specifically said try not to ask questions I've already answered. Um, but how much do you re- research topics beforehand when you have a subject matter expert on? Has there been one topic that's inspired you to take a deep dive into a topic or anything? Um, a tough one. I normally I research the person more than the subject because regardless of how much research I do, they're going to know more. And it also doesn't benefit the podcast or the, the listener of the podcast 
if we are both knowledgeable on it and talking uh, with knowledge it benefits me to have it explained um so that it's not just two experts talking it's an expert explaining to to someone who doesn't know what the subject is with regards to books if i'm interviewing someone who's just had a book out like i've done a good few this year with um patrice Kalouz of black lives matter with her book uh when they call you a terrorist i think it was um rutger bregman with utopia for realists alexis okowu with um a moonless starless sky um the research will generally be i read the book which means i have to kind of limit the amount of those guests i have on generally publishers approach podcasts or journalists or bloggers and they send like a breakdown of the book or they send the book and it not it annoys me but i became increasingly aware that a lot of podcasters or journalists or bloggers will read the first chapter and then have the guest on and i didn't want to do that i wanted to read the whole book so with with rutger and with patricia i read the whole book with alexis i got halfway through and it seemed like a good point to kind of go to what i was saying on the experts there of being having the start of the the way it was structured was four different stories in two halves each so i'd read the first half of every story so that felt like a good point to not just be repeating the stories to alexis so we could kind of go back and forth a bit on it but yeah it varies i guess is my answer there shane ralph hi mate as you know i help run hardy park i don't know that i don't i don't know if we've met we've probably met but I now sound rude. Um, run the personal developments courses there. My question to you is: we have all we all have a set pattern rules we live by that are driven by our beliefs about the world around us and our own upbringing. For example, I must never make a mistake. I should always be on time. What are your rules for living, and do you wish you could change any of them? Um, I don't know. I the on time thing is important to me Gen- but that's just for my own mental well-being I'd rather be somewhere early and relaxed and prepared so when I have auditions or meetings I'll normally get there half an hour to an hour early That's that sounds extreme but I live in Essex so there's only two trains an hour so if you know if I get one train and it means I'm going to get there with only 20 minutes or 10 minutes to spare then if I get the one before, it puts me at 50 minutes. So it's quite, you know. But yeah, I like to be early for stuff. I like working. I like working as hard as I can. But yeah, that's more just personality traits rather than anything I strictly live by. I'm not particularly s- s- social. Um, <laughs> that's why I've come away on my own. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing I'd change, I don't think. Oh, the acting thing has got me, is getting me used to the fact that there's a lot of stuff out of your control relinquishing control i've always enjoyed the reason i started doing spoken word was because i wouldn't have to rely on anyone else it wasn't because of a love of spoken word it was because in bands you have to rely on numerous other people in spoken word you can live or die by your own sword and i enjoyed that um whereas in acting it's all slow and weird you do your thing and then you you may you you may never hear anything you may hear immediately you got to be patient 
you'll often hear last minute. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Jim Taylor, your acting career seems to be going well. Really enjoyed Walk Like a Panther. Thank you very much, Jim. And I was wondering if there is a role from books or comics that you'd most like to play. I'm up for everything, man. I've said before I'd love to play Midnighter. I think it's a brilliant comic. Uh, when I get all the scripts I'm working on done, I want to try and do a script, a Midnighter script, and see how that lands. But yeah, I probably won't. See, so yeah, I love Midnighter. Other than that, just everything. I, I think I can say now I've had some great auditions. I've only been doing this a few years. And I've said before I auditioned for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I didn't get that, but I, I auditioned for Laserface. T- a Taserface, sorry. Is it Taserface? Yeah. Um, and I also auditioned for Deadpool 2, and it was killer because I really felt I smashed the audition. And I didn't get that, sadly. But man, how exciting is it to, to get to, to be up for these things and get to mess about with these characters? And... and and to know characters that are going to be in things before anyone else does. I love it. Marshall Fur, I live in California and have been listening to your music for years now. It is wonderful. Have you ever travelled to California? And if so, has it inspired any of your writing? As well, where have you travelled and where is your favourite place? I've travelled to California loads. I went to LA three or four times last year. It's where I'll got the audition for Deadpool 2 in fact I went out there with the intent of getting an audition for Deadpool 2 and I made it happen I I flew out there I didn't have one booked I didn't have any details all I knew was they'd they'd, they'd now assigned a casting director so I flew out there and hustled an audition because that's the kind of driven guy that I am yeah and I've I've toured their loads I'd say so California in general played San Francisco two or three times played San Diego once even I think is that San Francisco no what's the one that's is it San Diego there's one that's near them too in between the two or something Um, played LA seven or eight times I'd imagine also almost moved to LA years back Um, and yeah I go there quite a bit I said three or four times last year all to have meetings and to get work done inspiring writing I don't know I never really remember where I write stuff I write I would have been writing on tour quite a bit when we toured America so probably the only one that sticks in my head is I remember in Cork I remember walking along and writing the bulk of of the struggle whilst walking the streets of Cork before a gig whilst on tour so um, yeah oh and in Amsterdam I wrote a lot of my first album when I was attempting to live in Amsterdam years ago Nick Hughes uh, what's your favourite oh the wind's picking up a bit hopefully that'll be alright uh, what's your favourite memory as a Millwall fan and the best game you've seen and if you could have any Millwall related person on the podcast who would it be favourite Millwall memory relates to the guest I'd have on I, I, I had him lined up a while ago and we've never go around to making it happen but we will at some point favourite memory was 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 Neil Harris um, at the game he again I'll, I'll skim through the story but and hopefully we'll go into it more if we if I have him on the podcast but he was our, our top goal scorer I don't think he was our all time top goal scorer yet but he was our top goal scorer in many years and he got testicular cancer and he was off for a while for fighting that and he beat it which is amazing and then he came back 
and he was playing and obviously he's, he's coming back from a very serious illness so he uh, the first few games he's 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 a tiny he's a little bit off pace he's probably missing a beat or two and then there was a particular game where he was in the area and I swear they made four or five passes where each player could have scored I've probably imagined it now but in my memory four or five passes where other players could have scored all to get him into space for, for, for him to score um, for the first time since defeat in cancer and then the, the play he scored the players all lifted him up and brought him over to the crowd and the crowd was going mental it was a tr- truly truly beautiful moment um, yeah that's my favourite and I'd love to have Neil on at some point he's our current manager and he's killing it Jordan Robinson genuine questions I'd say we're buds these we've interacted loads and share a birthday when are we actually going for a beer we're never going for a beer Jordan Um, make no mistake I do not wish to have a beer with you but thank you Dan Hillier Hi Pip, I've got a pretty bad speech impediment and as a result I often suffer from severe anxiety in stressful and professional situations. Have you ever suffered from similar issues with anxiety and if so, how do you overcome it? I don't really. Um, As a teen I had hypnosis to help my stutter and the hypnosis in general was just to make me a more relaxed person. I think it worked because I'm quite relaxed and laid back. I don't Obviously, I go for loads of auditions and stuff like that, and my stutter isn't at the, f- the forefront of my thoughts in those situations. Remembering the lines, deciding how I'm going to act, all those anxieties are there, but not specifically of my stutter. Um, as this goes out, you'll know that the 200th episode was me and Jess Tom talking, and Jess Tom has Tourette's, and I have a stutter, and it was, it was really important to me to have that as the big 200th episode because it's two things that are aren't very well represented not i'm not getting on a representation tip i'm not saying that people with stutters are held back in the way that women have been traditionally or people of color (laughs) i'm not saying any of that but it's something that's not out there that much and i love that i do this podcast and i forget but it's nice when I'm reminded, and Jess mentioned it, that there is a podcast that has someone stuttering on every week. Every week I stutter at some point. Um, and it's listened to by tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. So that's kind of... That's lovely. It's nice that that exists. But again, it wasn't like it was some big noble plan of mine. It's just the way it happens. Um, Chris Jones... After a bit of a shitty medical diagnosis, I've started a a bucket list. Oh, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Is there anything you could recommend to add, a place to visit or something to do? And is there something in particular you'd want to add to a bucket list of your own? I don't know. I'm quite boring. So I was thinking this this, this the other day. Like, we... When I was on the... I think I was on the first Hardcore Listing episode... And Stu was asking uh, your last meal, or maybe on one of the drunk casts. And my last meal, I genuinely, I'd pick pizza, probably pizza up, stuffed crust. Um, I picked a Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and I can have any of that whenever I want. But that'd still be my choice because I really like it. 
Um, and I don't have it whenever I want because of health. I'm trying to be, you know, you try and live a reasonably healthy life. Um, some, some, some bucket list stuff. I don't know. For me, I've, I've always wanted to go to Iceland and I've never been. So I'd like to do that. But I've not been there, so I can't recommend that to you for your bucket list. It might be shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's got to be a really personal thing, right? There's got to be things that you want to do. My advice, I guess, would be don't worry about what you feel should be on your bucket list or what other people will think of your bucket list. If something on your bucket list is to have a week where all you eat is ice cream, then do that. Or if something on your bucket list is to go to and see a particular film at the cinema, you know what I mean? That doesn't feel like a bucket list thing, but damn, I love going to the cinema. I go to, on my birthday most years, I go to the cinema often on my own because that's something I love to do. And your birthday should be about what you love to do, not about what everyone would expect you to do. I don't particularly enjoy big, huge gatherings of people. So for my birthday, I don't particularly want to have a big party or a big night out or a big meal. It's all nice enough, but it's just not really my comfort zone. So on my birthday, it's my fucking birthday. I generally I choose to go and watch a film often on my own because I love doing that and I get a hot dog and I get ice cream yeah it's good fun but but yeah all the best Chris mate hope 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 all's as well as can be what time are we in half half an hour Tommy Mitchell when talking about your speech embellishments impediment mate not embellishment you have mentioned that D's and M's are particularly troublesome you mentioned that they were your initials, but you didn't know why you were getting stuck on those letters. It seems like you would try to call out mum and dad whilst in the water. Um, it immediately came to mind when you talked about it more than three years ago on the <laughs> on the Dylan Moran podcast. And I've been, been meaning to ask. Interesting. I don't know. I think they are quite general ones. I think D's, M's, the W's. M's and S's, I think, are the most common ones that come to mind. P's maybe, yep. B's, um, what's his name? Ron Atkinson has a stutter or stammer of some sort, and it's why he says baldric, and the way he does really pumps out that baldric, and that was because of his stutter, and it became like this thing that is distinctive the way he says it but it's because of a speech impediment and again that's a kind of indication that these things are only as restrictive as you allow them to be that's iconic the way he says baldric and really pops it out there james hamilton how do you make the decision to go through to go for an interview are they mainly through press releases and do you ever go into an interview thinking it's not going to be good and then completely changing your mind i've never gone through any press releases I'll get an email every now and then that's to do with a thing that's coming up and I'll say do you fancy this person but if I'm not already familiar with them or I don't know in the email if they say oh this is cool then I might give it a look but yeah not press releases it's generally just in interviews I think will be interesting and I've never gone into one thinking it'll be shit because if I think that I won't book it like I've turned down some genuinely some really big names there's a few names that would be some of the biggest or most downloaded episodes I've had but with no insult at all they happen to not be bands or actors or whatever else 
that I'm into. So I'm not the person to get a, a good interview there. Again, you've got to remember that I do s- s- 60 to 90 minutes interviews. If I was doing 10 minutes one, uh, ones, I can get an interest in 10 minutes with absolutely anyone, I reckon. But 60 to 90 minutes, you've got to be into it, man. Otherwise, it's not going to be of interest. This is cool. I'm looking out and there's all these... Where I've just just walked up and sat for free, there's all these boats coming along and taking people on tours around this. There's like a lot of coves and caves um, under me as such. And yeah, it's beautiful. I wish I'd bought my trunks now. I've left my trunks back at the apartment, but I could have gone for a little paddle. Anyway, there you go. Ian Kerrigan, have you had a dream team of living and deceased rappers for a super group who would they be and why is every oh, one of them idea um my super group would just be the speech development uh, uh, records a uh, rap crew me sage francis b dolan pos and polar bear imagine that let's do this yeah that'd be cracking um there's tons of people i'd love to work with um i think jean gray is one of the best to do it her and uh, Quell Chris have been slaying it of, of, of late. Their couple's goals, for sure. Um, who else is good? There's loads of good loads of good rappers out there, and there. Let's, let's not be silly. Um, Tom, da- Tom Jackson. Now your acting career has taken off. Uh, would you be down for doing some, some voice acting for an animation slash video games? If so, what, what would be your dream game, film, slash show? game slash film slash show um yeah i'd definitely be out for that 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 kind of thing i did a pilot of an animation and it was me joe gilgan james a caster and brett goldstein and a, a, a young lady whose name i've forgotten but it's because that's the first time i'd met her i knew the other guys so i apologize for that. it was a good f- a few years ago we did a, one day recorded the whole episode i've never heard anything of it, si- it since but maybe that'll come to light sometime but i really enjoyed the process so yeah, I'd definitely be up for that. I love computer games, so yeah, I'd be up for that. There's not any specific ones I'd want, or any targets, anything on my list. I just, yeah, I like the idea of it. I like that there's more and more kind of dark and adult stuff being made in games and in animation. So yeah, I'd be up for all of that shit. Into it, main. Um, on the dream thing, again, I've said a few times on this, the great thing, the thing I'm finding the most exciting and surprising about this acting game is the dream projects tend to be ones I'd never heard of until I got the script through I've just auditioned for one can't tell you anything about it I've had to sign a non-disclosure agreement and it's a brand new series that's oh dear it's getting very windy it's a brand new series that's being written and they're making a pilot god dear sorry got very windy all of a sudden Um, and the concept and idea is just amazing and the character I've got to audition for is amazing. It's one of the best auditions I've ever done, which probably means I 100% will not get it. But it's stuff like that, man. I got that script through before I went to bed one night, and I sat up and read it from beginning to end and adored it. And that's the excitement of this game. It's like, obviously, I'd love to be in a Marvel thing. I'd love to be in your Star Wars, all these kind of things like that. But damn it's exciting when something just comes out of nowhere and you're like wow this is amazing so yeah there's no specifics there it's just beginning to rain of us a slightly after i said i wish i'd bought my trunks and how lovely it was 
think it's only only a light. I don't think it'll last. Jules Hackworth really loved No Nimbus and was curious if Grimes or her team ever been in touch about the official release, or do you know if she'd listen to it at all? No, I've no idea. I've never really hit her up. Um, it's, it's not my it's not my business or my intent. No Nimbus and No Whimpers are both tracks that I wrote as therapy essentially they're both tracks that the way i do the process of them is i'll write record and do the video all in one week so from beginning to end i'll hear the track that i'm gonna wrap over for those who don't know they're two tracks that i did just wrap it over someone else's song and on both of them i just heard the song i said wrote it in a day or two, recorded it, shot the video, uploaded the video. All it's meant the the plan is to do them all all, all within a week, and they're really good because they're helpful. Because they've both turned out good, it's helpful for confidence to make me remember that I'm all right at this shit. You know, I can do stuff. Just because I'm not writing albums at the moment, it doesn't mean I've got no ability, or that the previous albums were a fluke you know that's cool they also both came kind of at the end of well not both the first one was after a relationship had ended and I was feeling particularly worthless and it was cool to kind of do all that in a week and go yeah nah I'm alright <laughs> I ain't shit I've said before I've I've recently come up with a mantra of I ain't shit but also I ain't shit um, and I believe that hugely. You should be in equal measure humble and confident in your own ability, aware of how aware of your worth, but also aware. Fucking hell, none of it will really matter. We are just on a, a a little star in the middle of the universe somewhere. If if that, I won't go into that in detail. The book I've been reading has been blowing my mind. It's heavy. Um, and Nick Roy, just a quick curiosity-based question. I know you've worked with Sage Francis before, and I know you've mentioned Aesop Rock and your opinion of him, but I've been wondering, have you done any work with anyone else from Strange Famous or Rhyme Sayers like idea before he passed, or Slug or anyone? Um, no, I've worked with, with POS. Obviously, he was on Rhyme Sayers, and now on Doomtree and on Speech Villa Records. I worked with Sage... I've done a load with Dolan over the years, touring-wise and gig-wise. I don't think we've ever recorded it. No, yeah, we did Soldier Boy. Of course we did. Um, I played at, at South by Southwest one year, and it was meant to be with Dan Lassac, and Dan Lassac got bird flu, I think. God dear, windy. Is this thing on? Is this picking up? Um, Dan got kind of bird flu or swine flu or, or whatever it was um, I've just hidden myself in a coat to hope this works so I went and played them on my own and it was weird I went out there on my own and we didn't know what we'd do was hoping he'd come out a day or two later he couldn't so I cancelled most of the gigs because we were doing like four gigs at South by Southwest but one of them was for Strange Famous so I met up with Sage and Dolan and said, look, I can do a, m- a mini set with backing tracks. I can't do a full set because me and Dan are a whole different beast, but I'll do a mini set. And it's one of my favourite gigs I've done, no disrespect to Dan, but it's because in the crowd, 
well, as I walked on stage, Buck 65 and Idea were at the side of the stage just kind of hanging out. And this is on standing there ready to go on. So that was insane. And in the crowd was Dessa um, from Doomtree, Sage, Dolan. I think Slug might have been there. I think POS might have been there. Mike, a lot of the Doomtree lot, I think, were there. Curtis Plum, Sleep. It was awesome. So, yeah, that was a, a special one. But, no, I never done anything else with any of the any of that crowd I don't think I've even met Aesop I think we've talked a lot online and stuff and I played the Uncluded on my radio show quite a bit when they weren't getting that much airplay Aesop has obviously worked with B Dolan there's a a B Dolan track called Jailbreak with Aesop Rock and Buck 65 check that out pizzas from Asda's deli counter could they ever be a viable alternative to Domino's pizza etc no they're nowhere near they are if you're a student. Like when I was at uni in Wolverhampton, finding the deli counter at Asda was a godsend because I'd get like a huge pizza for like two quid, and it'd have cocktail sausages on it, which was mad. But no, they're nowhere near as good as your pizza or your Domino's you animal. Um, I'm trying to make a makeshift tent out of my coat because it's getting cold. I may have to stop and continue elsewhere or back at the apartment. Let's see. Oh, the wind has eased a little bit. Um, CJW. Uh, with the development of holographic reincarnations of artists, Roy Orbison is touring, and one of the UK companies expressing interest in representing Prince holographic concert. Is there any other artists you'd like to see posthumously obviously study Prince as that's your obvious answer no I, I, if they do a Prince hologram I, I, I won't be going to see that at all I saw him in the flesh um, of no particular desire to watch to watch holograms of people um, but thank you for asking Dan Case how lucky do you feel to have the same birthday as me about as lucky as I feel to have the same birthday as Jordan Robinson Ali India if you could change any event in history which would it be and why? I would change... Oh, there's a dog. Oh, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, I spent about an hour c- cooking my dinner and then literally just as I got to sit down to eat it, I dropped it all on the floor. So if I could change any event in history, it would be that. And I don't think we need a why there. I think that's quite clear. Carl Agius. What's your project that, as much as you'd love to do it, you don't think would ever be able to do? I don't know. I don't really believe in that. Um, I think everything's possible. There's loads of projects that there's a good chance will never happen, but fuck it. You can't write them off, can you? Because, as as Ed Stryan said, why the fuck not? I'm smashing through these a bit now because there's um, some shorter ones, which is good. Kevin Thompson, would you rather be a minion or an Oompa Loompa? Um, I'm not that familiar with minions. I am familiar with Oompa Loompas. I have concerns over the offensiveness of Oompa Loompas. And my goddaughter and her sister are... No, they were fans of minions. I think Lola thinks she's too old for them now. I'd probably choose a minion to entertain others um, and be more on point and topical. This window, tell me about it. What? Dixie George, what are your thoughts on Ronda in WWE? She smashed it. That was probably my match of the night. 
um, and I didn't didn't know how she'd be. So yeah, but again, it makes sense because she's an Olympic athlete, so she's got the dedication and mindset to train hard and learn and become really good. So I think she's got bags of potential, and I think she's going to do great. Andrew Savile, did you boo or cheer Travis Banks at chapter at sixty four? I didn't do either, but I looked to my mates too and was like, oh, they're booing him, and I kind of understood it because. A riddle had just put on one of the best performances I've ever seen. It was a hell of a match, so I kind of it was exciting, wasn't it? Alan John Langthorne, do you think tin tuna is only fit for cats to eat? I honestly couldn't care less. Um, a Will Douglas does shake and vac put the freshness back. He's showing your age there, Will. Um, J- Jesse Bailey, what was the first album you ever bought? The first album I ever bought, I guess, was um, on CD. I got the Last Action Hero soundtrack. No, that was, was that a CD or the first album. That was the first album album, I think. That springs to mind. Um, it had ACDC Big Gun. Um, it had a song called Last Action Hero. It had um, S- Cypress Hill. It was the song When the Ship Goes Down, but all they'd done was change on the label to say to call it When the Ship Goes Down. Because if they tell you that's what they're saying, then they've censored it. Clever. Um, I also remember, I think the first CD I bought, the reason I questioned that was I got an Aerosmith album. And it was like a Greatest Hits, I think. It had like a cow or some udders or something. Um, Because I remember getting that when I had a CD Discman and putting it on and going and doing my paper round. I'm old! Um, Jamie Taylor, what did you think to WrestleMania? I loved it. Cracking... Thoroughly enjoyable. Um, NXT TakeOver was even better. That's kind of the the norm, but I thought Mania was great. Adam Hatch, what are your thoughts on yoghurt? Do you like frozen yoghurt? I enjoy frozen yoghurt. I don't have that much time for yoghurt. I'm not against it. It just doesn't excite me. What's your favourite kind of cheese? Sorry, J- 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 Josh Senior. What's your favourite kind of cheese? Um, melted. Gavin Riddick. Are there any venues you wanted to play as a musician that you never got a chance to? Not really. I always wanted to play Brixton. We played it. I didn't like it that much sound-wise. Um, played Wembley. Didn't really enjoy that much sound-wise. <laughs> um, but did enjoy it, obviously, in the end as a as a memory. C- Coco is, was, and forever will be my favourite venue I played. Um, on mine and Dan's last tour, we had the chance to do a bigger venue. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't mind doing the Roundhouse at some point. Played that once with... Again, I played it, but not headlined it. I wouldn't mind doing that because I enjoyed that with Billy Bragg. But even that, I didn't enjoy it that much because you kind of you cut the venue in half and from on stage you're more aware of that than from off stage if that makes sense you're aware that there's half a room kind of behind you empty and unused with no atmosphere in it so yeah Coco yeah we had a chance to play a a bigger venue on our last ever tour and we decided to do two nights at Coco instead Um, and it was amazing we sold them both out and it was just yeah beautiful Kev K which one piece of wordplay or lyric are you most proud of um I don't know. Easy one to go for is a UC mousetrap. I see free cheese and a fucking ch- a challenge because that's the one that kind of a lot of people enjoyed that 
So yeah. Joe Gittins, if you and Aesop Rock were to collaborate, what kind of style would you aim for? I've no idea. I'd love to work with Aesop, but his style is his style and my style is my style, right? So I guess we'd aim for something in between the two. (laughs) Kevin Patrick Murray, how long do you take speaking and getting to know your guests before hitting the record button? As little as possible. I'll try and ask if I can get in there and set up my kit before they arrive because it takes 10 minutes or so to set up. And in, ge- in general, we should be recording as much as possible. It should be as natural a conversation as possible. See, so, yeah, I'll try not to talk to them at all. I had Beans on Toast on recently and I'd been in London for an audition and he was coming from London to mine and I did all I could to not be on the same train as him because I love Beans, I love catching up with him but I was like, we're going to talk for 60 to 90 minutes I don't want to have to have a 50 minute train journey beforehand and then have the conversation, so yeah and he felt the same, so it was, was quite cool we were both quite relieved to not get the same train so that was good I mean, in general, I like to not talk to anyone on the train if it's a long journey a brief conversation just as a tip really if you're a listener and you see me on the train come and say hello i'm happy to have a picture whatever but if we're on the long train if we're about to have a 50 minute journey i'm not going to enjoy sitting and having a conversation with you for 50 minutes i want to pop my headphones on and, and, and listen to something and that's if i know you if i'm related to you if I've been in you, no. <laughs> I said that as someone walked past. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not into long conversations on on public transport. Awkward now. There's people around me. Um, Dan Buttery, oh, what did you think of Ronda Rousey's move to WWE? I love it. I think she's looking great. J- Jay Love, how do you solve a problem? I like Connor. I don't know. I don't own the UFC or anything like that. My solution is I'm not interested in him anymore. I'm done with Connor. Um, it's not some big protest. I've just lost interest. I don't intend on watching his fights or his antics. Others can. If you're into it, go ahead and enjoy it. I'm not under any illusion that he's going to be heartbroken, that he's lost Scroobius Pip as a fan. Because <laughs> obviously I've championed him in the past and been a fan of a lot of his stuff, but it's, I'm bored of it now. And that last, those last antics, I think, were straight up inexcusably a disgrace. Um, and since he's not fought in MMA for two years, that's now enough to make me not interested. Because if he comes back, he's not fought for two years, who cares? He could do great, he could do shit. There's no real, it doesn't particularly mean anything either way. Um, and I said, all their antics, forget it. Do you. Kevin Henderson, do you normally get your Polaroid sh- shot right first time? I only take one, so it's one and done. If it's not right, it's not right. They take about 20 minutes to half hour to develop, I think. So I ain't standing around after a 60 to 90 minute conversation going, let's just check this. So yeah, it's one and done, homie. It's why there's been a few that didn't work and we're stuck with them. UG, um, you and Hayes. What films would you love to see made, especially those with source material like comics or games? As I've said, man, I'd love to see a Midnighter film. I think it's owned by DC. I think it's a great character. I think you can make it dark. 
and humorous, kind of your Deadpool way, kind of your Logan way. Um, for those who don't know, Midnighter is um, an openly, nay, aggressively gay superhero um, in his private life. His power is his brain. He's got some kind of cyber technology type stuff. His brain is essentially the, the fastest computer imaginable, so it calculates every situation and calculates every every possible outcome. So in a fight, for example, he can't lose a fight because he knows he's fought that fight a million times in the split second his head his computer's analysed it. So he already knows how to counter you and so on and so forth. He's also got doors, which is something that the authority have. In fact, an authority movie might be easier. Um, you make an authority movie, sling me in there as Midnighter. Um, so that'd be cool. Um, there's been r- rumours f- 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 for ages of um, Jordan Voight v- v- Roberts um, doing Metal Gear Solid. I think that'd be cool. I think he's a cool kid. I did a podcast with him. I went on Doug Love's movie, movies with him, and he was a good dude with good good thoughts. Insane that he's got so far, so quick, and so young. But, yeah, he's clearly a comp- computer game nerd, so that would be cool. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. It would be good to get a good Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat film, right? I know it's a bit late, but that would be a laugh. I told you I was smashing for him now. Mike Spence, quick one. Get an Oscar for Best Actor or a headline or headline Glastonbury. Oscar for Best Actor, I reckon. Um, I've not got the songs to, to headline Glastonbury. I'm quite happy that my songs, you know, the the, 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 the slogan of the label is, oh, oh, we may not be for you and that's fine. I'm quite happy that it's not, or I'm fine with the fact that it's not huge commercial pop tracks it is what it is. Those who are into it seem to be quite heavily into it and attached to it, and that's enough. Obviously, I'd love, you know, the more the better, audience-wise. But, yeah, I don't know if it would... There's a lot I can't... It's a big leap for me, imagination-wise, to think of, A, having a fan base that size, and, B, having the right songs to work at Glastonbury. And, again, I've stopped doing a mu- a music and performing, so the thing that I'm excited about at the moment is acting. And getting better and better and better at that. So the th- the thought that in ten or twenty years' time I could be good enough and getting roles good enough to win an Oscar. Again, it's not all about awards, but it's you know these things are cool acknowledgements, aren't they? So yeah, that'd be the one. I'd I'd be happy with neither, to be honest. <laughs> Leanne Brown, if you had to repeat one day of your life over and over, Groundhog Day style, what day would it be? to know really I, yeah that's a good answer isn't it it wouldn't it wouldn't be this day with answers like that um, Andrew Finch as a major cinephile what are slash were your most anticipated f- films of the year well <laughs> I'm now opening up the films I've seen s- s- so far to give you some highlights 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I've seen 22 films at the, the cinema so far this year. Oh no, one of them was straight to Netflix. Annihilation was Netflix, but I saw Mute at, this, at the cinema. Um, the ones I'd recommend, I saw The Florida Project uh, this year. I know it's last year, but that was amazing. 
Dark River I loved, Journeyman I loved, Black Panther I loved, and you were never really here. There's, there's loads more I love, but they're the ones I've starred on my list because I think they're going to be in my end of year films of the year list. Obviously, I'm looking forward to Deadpool 2, um, Infinity Wars, all, all the comic book ones, essentially. They're the main ones that are on, on my mind. Is, is the Han Solo one out this year? That looks good. Shout out to Gambino. Um, oh, I've not posted it yet, but I did a thing the other day of my top five actors. Top five actors on my current I want to work with but haven't yet list. Just so you know. And the five are Walton Goggins, Ben Mandelson, Sam Rockwell, Donald Glover, and one of the Sexy Ryans. Um, and I made a note that, that this is excluding those I even know a bit or have had on the podcast who I would also love to work with like P- Paddy Considine, Riz Ahmed Fekki McClure, Joe Gilgan, Ed Scrine Benedict Wong uh, Sophia Patella, Florence Pugh Will Porter, Michael Fassbender Georgina Campbell, Michael Smiley, Michaela Cole Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Alice Lowe Johnny Lee Miller a returning Kathy Burke and loads more I also noted that um, that was all men on the list that's just the current a list there's loads of women I'd like to work with but I guess now that I'm acting I see a lot of men and on screen and see stuff in their performances I'd love to draw from um, also in the top 10 or, or just outside the top 10 or top 5 or whatever would be people like Olivia Coleman and Thandie Newton and Rosario Dawson and Francis McDormand and Zari Ashton and, and, and Letitia Wright and loads of other amazing inspiring are women so yeah that's that it wasn't even a question I've just added more time Ian Howard do you ask a guest to be on your show or do they ask if they ask and you don't want them how does that work I say no I say it's not going to work I've generally people have asked yeah no actually I've had a couple recently who've asked and I've said look I'm just not that that familiar with your stuff so I don't think I'm the right person to get a right interview. I don't think it's an insult if I don't want someone on the show. It's not. It doesn't mean they're shit. I've gone over this a few times now. But yeah, I'll ask or they'll ask. It's a bit of both. Scott Furlong. I heard you put a fake album on a torrent, uh, on torrent websites. What inspired you to do it and do you think it worked? Um, yeah, I did that when I released my first, my first proper solo record. But my second solo record, Distraction Pieces where the name of this podcast comes from I put out a fake torrent that was all the beats so it was the right length but with me just talking over it and and chatting a transfer deadline day was on Sky Sports and I just just talked about that and talked in general and gave some behind the scenes stuff and I was inspired to do that because I wanted people to pay for my record and it's it's weird these days that it seems to be taboo or negative that an artist should state that they want people to pay for their stuff i'm fine with that on that record particularly that point i spent two years working hard on that from the writing to the recording to the getting it produced right to doing the artwork to doing the release to setting up a label to release it on and all of that was a lot of work and i don't mind stating i felt i deserved to be paid for that um if you're a builder and I said I want you to come and do work on my house for two years 
maybe not every day. Let's say four days a week. Not, f- not, not full days even. Four half days a week for two years. I want you to come and just do work on my house. But I don't want to pay you because I just want it. You'd, you'd probably be like, well, no, that's not fair. Or if you owned a shop and I came in and was like, I'm just, I really like Twixes and I want them. So I'm going to come in every day for two years and just take them because I I want them. I do want them. But I don't want to pay for them. You'd be like, arrest this crazy man. Um, So yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with thinking that the work I put in is worth that. Um, I'm trying to think of arguments against it now. I guess you could say, yeah, but you know, it's not everyone, and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, but it's not everyone that's that's, that's coming in and, t- and taking a Twix. It's me. There's probably a few others, and that all adds up. But that's the same with Torrenting. Um, people argue, yeah, but I then come to, to, to the live shows. Ask anyone, or do just do some googling if there's if there's history up there. We went to great ends to keep the ticket prices of our live shows affordable particularly at a time when the music industry was changing a lot of people were ramping the price up and we worked hard on the live shows again not in a dick way but you won't get too many people who say we didn't do a good show because we put a lot of time and effort into that so I feel what you pay for on the ticket is you get your money's worth so I don't think that's relevant to yeah but I take the music for free but I pay for a ticket so well that's not Again, on the on the Twix front, yeah, but I'm paying for a drink. I'm nicking a Twix every day, but I'm paying for a drink. So, oh, I don't care. The drink is worth what the drink is. The Twix is worth what the Twix is, you know? Or you come and do the work at my house for two years straight, but I recommend you to a mate of mine, and he pays you to do a job later. It's like, well, that doesn't... Still not really happy about that. <laughs> so that was kind of the idea of it. Whether it worked or not, I've no idea. That's not often the point of things. Again, even with the albums, it's about you do you do something because you feel it's the right thing to do. I enjoyed that. I had a laugh. Whether I felt it was done in a humorous, not chastising way, unlike that rant I just had. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of fun. Tim, Tim, Tim Bevan favourite sandwich of all time it's the fish finger sandwich um, oh I'm, all, I'm at the end here this is alright, this has been a nice little comfortable hour and a bit France Fraser Talbot what's your favourite cheese as I said, m- m- melted Slim Bop, how you doing Pip everything alright, yeah not bad Ian McDonald, red or brown um, red when it's sauce brown when it's poo um, Jacob Gillum fantasy or sci-fi and why um, the and why is the key there because you don't have to choose you can enjoy fantasy and sci-fi I like a bit of sci-fi I like a bit of fantasy sometimes I like to have sci-fi fantasies um, I'm standing up now as we're coming to the end of the podcast I'm going to walk closer to the edge of the cliff oh don't forget to get the Polaroid um Thank you all for listening, guys. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'm looking out. There's two boats. There's a lot of big rocks kind of thing in the middle of the sea. 
blooming lovely. I mean, Lagos. Lagos, I think is how it's pronounced. Portugal. I'm going to dart off and try and get some writing done. And if I can't get any writing done, I'll watch a film. Or do some reading. Um, oh, I have to go on social media t- t- today as well to push the Alexis Okowo and the Charlotte Halfley podcast on Friday. So this is all. Um, this podcast is finished, isn't it? God, this this now. This was I was flying through all killer, no filler, and now it's l- literally this end bit is hundred percent filler without any any killers. All right, bye. You've been listening to Squibbish Pits Discretion Pieces. There we go. That was Ask Pip. Tons of good questions in there. Thank you all for asking. I, I did my best to answer them as articulate as possible. It's one of the rare ones where I, I literally hadn't checked them at all. I literally was just a- answering as I go. So hope that all went okay and you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week with that very special episode with Headway. So tune in then. And I'll see you in a week. Ta-ta.